0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Mary-Kate Gulick with another episode of the Actionable Marketing Podcast from AMA Omaha. And today we have with us one of Omaha's, what I consider, you know, event marketing royalty, Renee Black from Planet Omaha. How are you, Renee? I'm really good, Mary-Kate. Thank you, and thank you for having me today. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I have had the joy of working with Renee's team in my role at TD Ameritrade, and I actually worked with your team at some uh, roles in the past as well, and you guys are such pros. Can you tell us a little bit about Planet Omaha and what you all do? Absolutely. So we have actually
1: been in business, Mary-Kate, for almost 22 years. So we just celebrated our 21st birthday going on 22 and basically in that event planning role, um, we are corporate event planners. And that means any type of event, you know, whether that be a conference for a thousand or a leadership um, meeting for 150, we we do it all, but we are a business to business type planner and events are what we do and
0: events are what we love. We have a very passionate team about doing meeting and events. And events are something that is easy to be passionate about because, you know, over the last 22 years, so much has changed in marketing in terms of how we get engagement, but one thing will never change. And that's that in-person experience being together and, you know, really having that high, high touch and high quality of, of communication that will never go away. And if anything, it's just become more important. Don't you think? We totally agree. Uh, we just had a, an all team meeting yesterday, and one of the things
1: that that I was talking about with the team is, you know, our roles and what we do it has actually really been validated through the pandemic crisis because we're we're feeling um, all the all the the pressure, and we're feeling all the desire for people to get back to in person events safely. And, and people are missing that opportunity, whether it's through content or networking or education or CE credits. The list goes on and on. But, you know, people are, are ready to get back. There's still the fear because, you know, nothing has gone away. But, you know, data is telling us that people are they're as soon as they can. They want to get back to in-person events.
0: Yeah, I think they're they're hurting and they're craving that kind of level of connection. I agree. I agree. So through the pandemic, though, you know, as an event planning organization, there must have been some really interesting challenges. And I am so curious to hear what what you think the biggest challenge has been to the event industry during the COVID nineteen crisis.
1: You know, there's there's several, and and one of the things that I don't know that everyone realizes is that meetings and events kind of fall into that hospitality industry umbrella. And the hospitality industry is actually probably one of the most significantly hurt industries in all of, of what has transpired since March. And with the hospitality industry, what goes along with that is when a meeting and event cancels, that also affects sleeping rooms in a hotel and restaurants in a hotel. That affects the airlines. You know, We've all seen the media stories about the, the trouble the airlines are in. But what people don't realize is there's a there's a majority. I believe that the current number is about thirty percent of airline travel is is basically due to attending meetings and events. Um, that's the reason for travel. Wow. So you know, I think people don't realize the impact that alone just taking meeting and meetings and events away you know, what that, that that does, you know, major hotels are, are still closed. There are still major Hyatt and Hilton's and Marriott's that are either just opening or are even still closed in some states like in California. And you know, it, it's, it's all because of what's happening, of course, you know, in that particular market or state, but that has huge financial impact and that creates waves across our industry. And it even creates, you know, even from a branding perspective, you know, the people that that make the pens and the pads and the journals and the cups and in the napkins with sponsor logos on them, all of these folks have been severely affected. And then for us, you know, it's not just loss of of industry revenue and loss of industry opportunity, but, you know, we're, we're seeing our friends and our colleagues lose employment. And that's also been a real challenge for our team. You know, we've been... We've been fortunate that we've been able to to stay pretty strong um, through this period. We've got a pretty strong foundation, but we're a small team. But a lot of our colleagues that we work with across the country, especially in the hotel business, we have, you know, name after name of furlough or laid off. And some of these people have been in the industry for 25 plus years. You know, I've, I've lost friends, you know, in the business due to covid you know, and, and employment in the hospitality industry, those jobs just aren't available today because the industry is so far away from recovery.
0: Wow. I, I, you know you know that the hospitality industry is hurting, but I don't think I've ever really thought about the downstream effects quite that way. Yeah. That's, but then you think about it, you go to an event and all of the people who have to, you know, come together in order to make something that massive happen, of course, mm-hmm. this is going to be impacting all of them. Wow, he sure does. that is so much. So, I mean, in this situation, you know, you hear about a lot of organizations taking their even their really large scale events virtual. What a challenge that is! I mean, what are some of the things that planners really need to think about when they're going to take an event virtual?
1: They really need to think about their messaging and their content. Um, you know, the the marketing professional is, the the role of the marketing professional is critical today. Because, you know, we are, we are seeing uh, people that are actually even trying to rush to market to do some type of event or to get some type of messaging out. But sometimes that messaging is irrelevant or it's too soon or it's too late. Um, things are moving really fast. And you have to really think about why you are doing why you, what you are doing in the virtual environment and why. Because, you know, you're going to lose people really quick. If your content is not strong and you're going to lose really you're gonna lose people really quick if you if you don't have very strong purposes to why you're asking them to give you their time, even if they're doing it remotely from their from their home or they if they are fortunate to be in office, um, content is king right now.
0: yeah, I, there's to an extent content has always been king, but right now when you have the option to multitask like never before when attending at a, you know quotey fingers attending an events virtually. Um, it is harder to keep people's attention, so I think you're exactly right, a hundred percent. So tell us what you all have been doing. You know, is there an experience where you've had to do a virtual event where you've really seen things go beautifully? Where maybe you know, the whole idea of getting into a virtual event and trying to replace that in person connection is so challenging. But what have you seen work really well? What are some of your your success stories? So we've had to pivot. You know, that's the famous word today, right? To pivot. <laughs>
1: Uh, and, you know, we've, we've been able to help a lot of our clients so far go into that virtual environment. And one of the things that we talked about with your last question, Mary-Kate, is, you know, we've actually even delayed, we just yeah, actually had a call just this week where we took a client and we delayed their virtual event at about six weeks later than what they had intended because of content and figuring out what they wanted to do and to do it well and to do it right. And it was a good decision. So, you know, those are the kind of things that, that we're talking about. But when we have taken our clients virtual, we've had some really, really great experiences. Like we did a live, um, a live Q&A where the, the moderator host, one of our event producers, she brought the person live uh, to ask their question and then interacted um, with the speaker, with the panelist. I thought that was you know, really cool to be able to do that. It wasn't just a and a Q&A box. It was actually in-person, in-person, just happened to be on your computer screen. Um, that was really good. And then we've, we've done a successful sponsor chat room too, where we put sponsors together and, and basically a sidebar after the event where the sponsor could talk with those interested in, in speaking with them and learning more about them. It was a, a post Uh, content post general session type deal. And that was really cool. And then the other thing that's being worked on that we're about to do, which I think is going to be really neat, is we have a client who's going to take their event 100% virtual. So there'll be no in-person attendees, but we're creating for them a professional studio. So, all of the speakers are going to come to the market, you know, come to that market that the client is in. Um, they're not in a first uh, tier city, they're in a second tier. So, it's a little bit easier to do that. They're going to come in, and all the speakers are going to come in at different times, film their part. Nothing is live, but they'll all have this professional, like newsworthy type studio. And we think that's pretty cool, too.
0: That is pretty cool. And that's so, you know, not something that we think of. And I love the way that you guys have been able to think through all of what's available to you right now and really yeah. make sense of that. So what about the opposite? Where have you seen virtual events just truly not work? Where have things really fallen down? Oh, well, the other thing
1: that we're doing is we're students of our industry, right? So we're also attending virtual events. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen where the presentations didn't work because I'm assuming that they didn't have a test or a rehearsal environment prior to to, I'm just assuming, but I've seen presentations not work. I've seen the moderator host fall off. Um, so basically, you know, you're in a, in a 30 minute webinar and when your host is gone 15 minutes, our call actually ended because we lost our moderator. Um, you, you know, we, we've, we've seen also some pretty bad content. Um, and I believe that that's because it was rushed, um, and, and not thought through. So the presentations either maybe had spelling or grammatical errors on it or that kind of thing and and again
0: um things are moving fast but you do need to try your best to do it right and do it well that's a good lesson though you know based on some of the successes that you've seen of you know what it's okay to delay it as long as the experience is fantastic if it's now and terrible that doesn't do us a lot of good but if it's six Mm -hmm. weeks from now and fantastic that's a better thing for everyone and the the one thing i will say about it too
1: I, i think in in april People had a very high level of patience for mistakes in the virtual environment because everybody was, was feeling the effects and it was compounded of what is going on you know, in our world right now. But what we have noticed is now that we've kind of done this shift and everyone's kind of used to working remote or working in a different capacity, the expectations are now very high for a very polished and professional experience. And when you fall down from that polished or professional experience, you are leaving people questioning your product and questioning your brand because everyone
0: feels like you've had time to get this right. That's it's a tough. really good point. Yeah, we all were very indulgent in the beginning, I feel like, weren't we? Well, we not were. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> so let's get into some of the, you know, the hard tips. What are those top three things that event planners and marketers who are working on events really need to keep in mind when pivoting to that virtual format?
1: And, you know, we've been talking about throughout the questions, but again, content. Um, what, what is your purpose and what is your message? Uh, because your audience is coming and they're expecting, you know, they're expecting brevity, right? They're expecting a shortened experience. They're not expecting a, an eight-hour conference day. Um, they're expecting you to, to hit them, hit them hard with the most relevant and the, and the most, you know, you the best information possible. So I would say content for definitely is number one. And then the shortened schedule, like I just mentioned, that's number two. So, you know, we've had a lot of clients that they don't understand why they're not doing the typical 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. of content and, and, you know, going through, you know, what the data says and going through that you're going to lose your attendees and and you need an engaging experience. And one of the rules of thumb, Mary-Kate, that we've been kind of using, which is difficult for for some clients, is basically for every 60 or 50 minutes of content you would normally have in an in-person event, think about that as 30 to 20 minutes of content. So, that is how short that we're actually trying to uh, suggest to our clients. And that even includes like keynote speakers, um, even to to bring the keynote speaker down at least into that, towards that 30 minute window. So, that's been an interesting challenge as we talk through agendas with our clients. And then the third thing is an entertainment value. So if you're going to put something online and you're going to do this virtual environment, it could be something as simple as it could be your backdrop or what are you doing with green screens or whether it's with the lighting or whether it's with the audio or whether it's if you play music before everybody comes on, we're finding just real small enhancements and the more robust you make that time that you have your attendees online, it's, it's really paying off in dividends and people are saying thank you for the positive experience.
0: Those are really important things to think about. And I think that there are things that people wouldn't generally think about unless they had been through, been to this rodeo a couple times. And you certainly have, you know, Renee, 22 years, uh, you know, with Planet Omaha. You probably don't see a lot that surprises you generally. Um, but over the past four months, what have you learned that you just did not know before?
1: you know you're, you're right I, I, I've been around I've been around for a while and you know I, I lived through 9/11 and I've lived through periods of the recessions that have come through and you know those have been tough times or where, where we had to be cautionary or we had to hit the pause button for a short period of time you know either while clients recovered or or the optics of you know of getting back to meetings and events improved we've gone through all that. This one it was more than a a pause button. This was a full stop. And the part that surprises me, and I I like to say that I'm rarely ever surprised, Um, but the part that surprises me is how meeting an event or or attending an in person event has become political. That has been the surprise part to me is that people are taking political sides about whether they could attend a, a hybrid event or their next in person event. And and for me, you know, there's so much that that I'm really surprised at the anger and the, the political correctness of whether you attend an event or not. Um, I'm just really surprised by it because you know we've we've got a couple of events happening, as you know, Mary Kate. We, we're working on a potential event for Florida. We've got some events, and you know, depending on whether it's a red or a blue state and what the reopening phase is, that's where the political part's entering. Instead of just worrying about returning to an event safely. And successfully because of what we know in that particular market or state or city or venue, um, people have strong opinions and thoughts on it. And it's that is the surprising to me that I'm actually dealing with a political environment in my business.
0: What a very unexpected layer to put over everything else. This this seven layer salad of disaster, and that's (laughs) something that we're going to put on. It's a seven layer salad of disaster. I love it. I'm going to sponge that from you. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, have at it. It's all yours. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, that is that is a big learning and a really unexpected one at that. The one thing that I've always been thinking about, you know, as we talk through our events and as you know, in my world, as I work with our sponsorship team to kind of you know, oh, well, what are we going to offer sponsors now? They're so used to a booth and, you know, speaking opportunities. What in the world does a sponsorship experience look like at events? You know, large expo halls may be a thing of the past forever, for a really long time. You know, large conventions and trade shows are obviously on pause at the very least. So how are virtual events able to offer that value to sponsors when there's no face-to-face contact?
1: Yeah, it, it, that's a great question so you know sponsorships are important to so many clients because that's also a source of revenue to help them offset the cost of their event we have several clients that that the sponsorship program is is truly a critical mass program for them so and and while i hope that the the expo hall is not a dinosaur i do think out of everything that an event planner might be doing the expo hall is going to be the last thing that comes back and comes back healthy because of of just the the mass flow of people and and the boost. And and just, it's hard to do social distancing in an expo hall. Um, But going virtual, you know, about 90 days ago when when March was around, a lot of the top virtual platforms, they had different um, offerings for sponsorships. But just now are a lot of the top virtual platforms and a lot of the partners that we're using, they're realizing how key... virtual sponsorship expo hall could be or doing these chat rooms like I mentioned that we had a really good experience with or You know being able to provide um, You know kind of where you, you literally have an avatar and you enter into a sponsor and you can go and visit sponsor booths and pull information The other thing that we're doing that goes along with the virtual component, which is an extremely interesting Component is like we're building these customized. We call them meeting in a box these meeting boxes actually we're collecting sponsorship items so that we're still doing the branding items. When they register, they give us their address where they are remote. So wherever you're at, we get their address and then we send all the sponsorship. We send like, but a really fun package. Like we even did one where we are creating a sponsorship package with all sponsorship branded items, but there's also going to be a whiskey tasting. So we're actually including a bottle of whiskey and, you know, a, a highball glass, So, you know, there's so many, it goes back to that entertainment too, Mary Kate, you can still do that virtual environment and have levels of entertainment that aren't just online that are part of the full package. And so like for us, our meeting box program has exploded in just the last 60 days, because we're able to do things for sponsors and for clients, there's still
0: gifting involved, even if you're not in person. That is probably the most brilliant thing I have ever heard, because, too, I mean, really, for people who are, you know, you're stuck at home, you're kind of alone, to get something physical in the mail that is all lovely and beautiful, and then you open it up, and oh, it's a bottle of whiskey, and all of my, all of my conference swag, I people must love that. Yeah. I imagine that that is absolutely exploding because it's exactly what the world needs right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun too. It's a, and that's more like what we do on a normal basis anyway, we're just mailing it.
0: So it's great. I love it. It's so, so smart. So what do you imagine the future is going to look like events in a post COVID world? What are some changes that you think are going to stick that, you know, what's not going back to normal? Well,
1: I would really like a, a post-COVID world to start tomorrow. Do you think you can, can help me with that? Um, but no, but joking aside, um, I think the hybrid format is, is where we're going to be for at least the next 24 months. You know, it's virtual for now until states reopen and people start to have that comfort level of returning to in-person. But the hybrid format where you allow a person that, that you know, whether it's because of their health or they're, they're, they're just okay with it, Um, hybrid hybrid format is is where we think we're going to be hanging our hat. And that is making sure there's still a virtual experience for those who do not wish to travel or to sleep in a hotel or again, health health reasons. And for those that want to attend. So it's that combination of both experiences. That's the lane that we expect that we're going to be in for a while. And one of the things that we've done at Planet Omaha um, that we've kind of put out there on our social media channels is we've created a program called Meet Well, Meet Safe. And that's all about how can we help you get back to an in-person component, even with a virtual component, safely and successfully. So it's kind of a customized plan per per client. But, you know, that's our part. We feel like we need to be good stewards, right? As if you hire us to be your event planner, we need to help you make sure that if you do have a case of COVID that shows up on your event floor, what does that look like? What is the reporting procedures? How do we, you know... How do we mitigate the situation so that we know we've done everything in our power um, to make sure that the attendees are safe?
0: Whole new world. But I feel Mm -hmm. like that that hybrid that you, you outlined is you're probably right. And you guys are really well positioned to be successful at that just based on on how well you've you've pivoted thus far. So, Renee, after everything that's happened, after all of the challenges for the hospitality industry um, and for meetings and events in general, why do you think that events are still such a critical piece of the marketing portfolio?
1: Well, I think that events have proven their, their ROI. Uh, I think that um, leadership in, in most companies, um, you know, whether it's a trade show or a traveling trade show, you know... You know, whether it's a conference or whether the amount of sponsors that, that want to be there and engage with your attendees, the, the ROI is there. And, I, and I, don't, I don't think that is changing even in the post-COVID world. But, you know, I, I think the need for, for networking, for education, um, for furthering the sales. You know, most organizations, there's, it's driven by sales and, and that connection of in-person. And bringing people together to hear a message I don't, that's human behavior. That That's who we are. Um, humans need to connect with each other. And while this is great, and Mary-Kate, I'm really happy to see you, wouldn't it be great if we could have done this in person? It, and so you, great. I think yeah. that's the that's the need um, for people. And that's why I think meetings and events aren't going anywhere. And there is serious virtual fatigue going on right now. And that's another one of the challenges that we're combating as event and meeting planners is You know, everyone's been sitting on Zoom calls and webinars and doing their thing now for months. And you know, it's really hard to always refresh a virtual experience. It's a lot easier to refresh an in-person experience. And so that's why I think we will come back when we can um, and safely, but
0: um, events are needed. I, I truly believe that. I think you're right. I think we're all, those of us who go to events regularly, I mean, I'm missing it. I've been in um, virtual fatigue. You could not be more right about that. I mean, the idea yeah. of, oh, okay, this thing that I go to every year has transitioned to virtual. It's not, the, it's not the same. The experience is not the same for me. So, um, but how much uh-huh. more of it can I take, I guess, is the question. And I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. So no, I think you're completely right. So to anybody who's really got their eye on planning an event in the next 18 to 24 months, you know, in this era of the, of the hybrid event, what advice are you giving them? Should they definitely go virtual or is hybrid absolutely the way to go? Or is there a point in time that they can really bank on having an in-person event? I mean, there's so much uncertainty. How are you navigating that for your clients?
1: Now, so it's a great question. So, again, I mentioned that we're, we're operating under this, this new uh, program called Meet Well, Meet Safe at Planet Omaha. So whether it's us or, t- or, or talk to a professional about doing an attendee assessment. So you really need to kind of look at the demographics of your group and current marketing trends. And then you also need to look at, unfortunately, at, you know, at the CDC and, and your county health department of the data of where you're hosting that event. And you need to find out what you're comfortable with. Because the thing about it is, is that because of COVID-19 and the social distancing and all of the different pressures, whether it's how you serve food and beverage or how you check in registration wise, or how you even access your sleeping room in a hotel, all of these things are also gonna be called additional cost. And so your budget of 2000 pre-COVID, the the, the pre-COVID budgets, are probably not gonna be the post-COVID budgets. So there's a lot to talk about because this COVID-related, um, these items, these requirements, the safety type stuff is there's a cost to it. it. It you know the hotels are are going to charge more because now every food item is going to have to be served. So it's no longer just a tangible item; it's a labor item as well. So you know there's a lot of challenges ahead in figuring out if moving to in-person is also worth the cost because. Sometimes virtual is going to be um, an, have an economic advantage to being in person. But ultimately, I do think hybrid is where it's at because budgets will then reflect a limited capacity number and then you'll have a virtual number. And I think that's the only way to do it. But I would truly say if you are, have any role in planning a meeting of event, especially if anything over 100 people, because that's where capacities and things per state per county get really unique, just talk to a, an event professional like us, talk to talk to someone to help you make that assessment if hybrid's the right format for you and when.
0: Yeah, I think that's a tremendous piece of advice. If you, if anything, if you are looking at an event right now, please do not home grow it yourself. I mean, there are so many risks. Please work with a professional. Renee is right here in town. Reach out to them. It is not a time to be trying to learn on the job. Wouldn't you say that that's right? Now, it, it, you know, we
1: just shared with one of our clients, too, we we're like, none of us want to become a cover story of USA Today that you didn't do the right things or you weren't, you know, all because of cost or all because of lack of knowledge. And, and that's not a bad thing, you know, but again, that's where professionals can help you to try to mitigate and to minimize those risks so that, you're, that you don't become a cover story.
0: Perfect. I learned so much today, Renee. You are always full of information and delight to talk to you, as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mary Kay. It was good to see you. And everybody, this is the Actionable Marketing Podcast from AMA Omaha, brought to you by our friends at Parkville Media. And we were joined today by Renee Black, founder of Planet Omaha, who is just out there just kicking the the COVID world event. <laughs> Uh, and making amazing things happen for her clients. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye, thank you. A media Production.